podcast, Digital Leader Talks, and my name is Saku Tihverainen. Today I have the privilege to talk to Alexandra Androsa, also known as the CEO and the Director of Investment Programs at AmCham. Superb to have you on board. It's great to be here, Saku. Yeah, really nice to be here. Great to have you, indeed. Um, AmCham released a fascinating report on FDI vision for Finland. Um, let's talk about it. I had to Google, to be honest with you, uh, the term myself. And now, remind me, what does FDI stand for, in fact? And um, in a nutshell, why does Finland need a vision for one? That's a great question. So foreign direct investment, FDI, um, is when a company outside of your country, so in our case, uh, a company that's based outside of Finland, brings investment to your country. So FDI brings in knowledge, it brings in capital, so cash flow, it brings jobs, uh, it brings in talent and more. It's really key when you want to support a sustainable economic Uh, well-being in, in in any country, but especially in Finland, we feel it's really key. And, and you know, you mentioned AmCham. And for those of you who haven't heard of us before, um, we're a non-political, non-profit membership-based organization. So we're the voice of international business in Finland. We look after the long-term interests of international companies that have invested here. So we have about 200 multinationals headquartered in 14 different countries with industries that run the gamut from forestry to life science to high tech uh, and more. And what all of these companies have in common is we want to ensure that Finland's an attractive investment environment. And we want to ensure that it's a great place to do business and to hire people and to innovate. So, um, so yeah, so our members invest in Finland and create jobs and and focus on innovation and that's why it's um, it's so key that we talk about FDI. Um, Rosa, do you want to share maybe why why we need a vision? Yeah, FDI? Would, yes, definitely, Alexander. I thought I'd go back first, you know, to sort of the basic um, definition of FDI. So if there are people who don't know what FDI is, and you explained what FDI is, but, you know, the, the basic forms of FDI is, you know, the company can, you know, they can open a production plant, for example, or manufacturing R&D, but you also have, you have joint ventures, mergers, acquisitions, so it can take, you know, in different, so different forms. Um, and then I thought that maybe, Alexander, this would be a place also to talk about the impact impact figures. So what is the impact of these uh, these foreign companies and foreign affiliates in Finland? Because I think these these numbers, we, we talk about this all the time and they are really, really impressive. So uh, if you look at the, that in Finland, we have, I think it's uh, 1% of the companies, they are foreign owned, only 1%, but they are responsible for almost 30% of the R&D ex- expenditure, you know, almost 20% of the private sector employment, and they also pay an enormous enormous amount of corporate tax. And uh, for example, one of our members, Bayer, you know, they, they pay total of, I think it was 141 million euros uh, last year. So we are talking about really significant numbers. Um, so why do we need a vision for FDI? Well, in 2020, AmCham released our Finland as a business location barometer in part in partnership with Business Finland. And in that study, we interviewed over 400 Uh, C- CEOs, board members, um, and C-suite executives. And one of the key findings in there is that 
um, there, these leaders feel that there's a lack of leadership around the question of FDI and what this country will look like. Because investments, they can take five to 10 years. And if our country can't say, yes, we will have enough workforce. Uh, yes, we will have a, a certain level of corporate tax. Yes, we will have um, transparent permitting uh, structures. Yes, we will. What will this country look like in five to seven to 10 years? And they don't know the answer to this. And no one is focused on giving them the answer to this. And it's really key when it comes to to bringing FDI into the country, what, what the vision for the country is. Um, and that's why we started doing this work is um, after the business barometer came out, um, we put together an FDI to Finland working group. And this working group was made up of some of the largest corporate taxpayers in fin Finland, all of whom came to together to, to discuss the investments. So these are companies, um, you, you know, you mentioned Bayer, but Google, ISH, Medtronic, Ditmar and Andrenius, MPS, Microsoft, UPM, Berenius. You know, these are companies that are really committed to this country. And, and that's why they felt uh, that putting the time in to come up with an FDI vision that could inspire our decision makers um, to, to really put some thought into this and make some changes that will lead to further investment. Mm. Yeah, good. and uh, that's really good. And then uh, just to add to that is also why it is important is that uh, the, the global competition for FDI is becoming really, really fierce. And I think that's also something that is it's not really talked about in the Finnish media. So in 2020, because of uh, COVID-19 epidemic, you know, the, the global investment inflows, they, they reduced, you know, 35%. And I was actually looking at the figures for Finland, you know, for the same period and that, you know, the, the FDI projects, you know, that is greenfield investments, that is the, uh, the uh, mergers, acquisitions, they went down almost 50 percent. So the, the, the competition is going to be extremely fierce. So, so Finland really needs this vision in order to, to stay attractive and, you know, show the world, you know, what we want to be and why, it, you know, they should invest, invest into this country. Very good. Thanks for this this perspective. Uh, it sort of makes me think that you know, uh, looking at 2000s and 2010s, there's been a lot of positive themes in Finland. But then thinking about the you know 2020s and perhaps a little bit about 2030s, I think there's increasingly challenges uh, thinking about the global competition you talked about. Um, um, when you think about the investment mindset, you know, thinking about, you know, making an investment into a country, uh, what are the key topics that the headquarters uh, are thinking about? Well, what, yeah, I'll, I'll happy to take go first. You know, one of the key findings uh, that we found in that Finland as a business location uh, barometer that we did with Business Finland uh, was that our skilled and educated workforce in Finland is one of the key reasons companies invest here and have invested here in the past. Um, however, that core metric of FDI attraction is also a massive risk for future investments. Uh, so 39% of the shrinking workforce is, is over 65. The UN forecasts that Finland's old age dependency ratio will balloon to over 47% by 2030. Um, and even though, you know, Finland's posted a net immigration plus uh, for, for much of the past decade, 
the Finnish government recently warned us that we have to double immigration to between 20 and 30,000 a year just to maintain our public services and to avert this um, looming looming pension deficit <laughs> and sort of to pile on the bad news. Finland's dropped in the world talent and competitiveness ranking. It's dropped seven places in four years. Uh, and that's partly because other countries have stepped up their game when it comes to inter- uh, attracting international students, international talent. And when you talk to international talent, um, and I think your listeners have been seeing this discussion happen right now in the Finnish media quite a lot. You know, it's not a welcoming and easy place to come. It's a wonderful place to live. It's a great place to build a life. But it the the threshold uh, for entering a workplace uh, here is is quite different difficult uh, for a lot of that international talent. So that's one area where an open mindset really makes. A difference, and when I say open mindset, when it comes to talent, well, that's um, you know that's being comfortable with having a bilingual workplace and letting people learn Finnish at the workplace. That's where that Finnish gets stronger. That's where my Finnish got a lot stronger. I can actually, I could potentially maybe do this in Finnish, <laughs> but you know, it's it's these are the types of things um, that Finland has to be more opening and welcoming. Too. And, and I know Rosa has a lot to say on this point, but the other kind of open mindset things is about do we want to be the best in the world at attracting companies and talent? I think yes. And so what that takes is really wanting them here and really being welcoming. And when you're policymaking, making those policies from a point of how can we make it fair and equal and better and interesting and attractive uh, for everyone. And uh, I would actually then go back uh, to the, what the companies really need. You know, I mean, as Alexandra just said, you know, we've done these barometers, you know, together with Business Finland, and we know what the pull factors of Finland are. But we you know what the companies, what they really need is predictability. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is something that we discussed earlier. But, you know, they, they really need to know what the regulatory environment looks like, how supportive it is, you know, to the investments in the future, whether there's talent and what kind of talent, you know, incentives, taxes and so forth. But, you know, I thought it was funny, uh, actually, that uh, what, we, what we realized when we did those barometers is that uh, there's this misconception that corporate tax is the, the only thing what these companies are interested in. And that is not true at all. According, I mean, we interviewed over 400 CEOs and founders and board members. And, you know, corporate tax was not in the, uh, in the, in the top five Uh, in the in the study, and it was actually what is really funny is that you know it was more the Finnish companies that we interviewed that they were worried about the corporate tax. It was not the uh, not the international companies in Finland. And uh, there's actually one thing as well that I wanted to to sort of bring here is that it's really crucial to have this long term plan. So that what the companies complain about um, is, is that uh, everything in Finland is done on these four year governmental periods. So the all these the incentives are, mm-hmm. are decided, you know, this is taxes are set, whatever. And then in four years time, everything changes. And, you know, so they don't have the confidence, you know, to, to invest because of this. So, for example, I spoke to one CEO from a renewable energy company and she said, you know, that there should be actually a 15-year plan, you know, so that, you know, say that because these these are the, the sort of the energy infrastructure investments, you know, they, they can be 15, 20 years 
And uh, so they, they really need that predictability. And these are exactly the kind of investments that we want, you know, to attract to Finland. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> indeed, indeed. What a, um, you made me curious. Uh, what were the top five um, elements that um, do you remember uh, that the um, the executives were sort of thinking about? What were the key tr- key key topics of interest? You mean the the pull factors of Finland? Yeah. Um, well, I think the stable economy, so that we are politically stable, might not be that predictable, but we are politically stable, uh, is definitely the, 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 it has been the availability of talent, it has been mm-hmm. the uh, sort of the skill level of the talent, but then the, sort of the softer, softer, you know, things as well, for example, the the quality of life, you know, that is something that, you know, and security, you know, and, and, and uh, this- one thing is digital infrastructure, you know, that is something that came up, you know, I think it's the top three. Yeah. Yeah, and and technology industry and innovativeness it also came up in in that top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. But uh, actually, I'm going to bring it here. You know, yeah. that, uh, we talk about talents a lot, but mm. something again, what uh, we feel that is not being discussed in the Finnish media at all is that the link between attracting investments and then the availability of talent. And we talk a lot about those uh, high-tech investments, for example, AI, robotics. Yeah. You know, the uh, we've been talking to these companies, and and sometimes you know the uh, the availability of the right talent can be 80% of the investment criteria. So it's you know the fact is that if we don't have the talent we will not have the investments and then we then we really are in trouble that is a staggering figure 80 percent mm-hmm. it it sort of uh you know makes one you know pause or full stop rather you know it's kind of like really kind of underlining the importance of having people who are motivated and and unskilled and etc And, uh, and and just thinking about the, the, the figure by the ministries, twenty to thirty thousand people needed in the country, you know, per year, uh, you know, as newcomers. And you know, then the question is how to how to assist and, and encourage the companies to 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 hire also internationals, mm-hmm. you know, so that you know people who come in, you know, also stay and commit to the country. And- exactly. And I think yes, absolutely. And I and I think that you know what what needs to really be understood is the sense of urgency, the sense of urgency that the country managers that represent these multinationals feel, the sense of urgency that we absolutely uh, feel around this topic. And you know these decisions, they're five to seven to ten years, right? That's that's the period of time that it can take uh, to bring in uh, that investment and. We need to be making changes now. We need to be urgently coming up and saying, you know, we want investments. And that goes back to that earlier question about open mindset um, and and that that welcoming attitude is, you know, in other countries, you'll have leaders, you know, stand up on TV and say, you know, we are open and welcome foreign uh, investment. We want you here. We're going to make, um, we're building this country with you, all of these really strong, visible statements everywhere. And that's really part of this is is if you have multinationals, foreign affiliates that ask, well, do they even care that we're here? Are we important to them? I mean, that's that's where you start to lose that battle. That's where we get really nervous. They should never question, 
you know, does Finland want their investment here? Of course we want it here. We're super happy to have it here. And there is this sense of urgency that, you know, we need to be able to say out loud how important this is. What is that positive impact that Rosa was talking about earlier? The positive impact of foreign affiliates is so significant on our economy and our well-being uh, that we really need to acknowledge it and work actively with them um, much more frequently than we are now. There should be foreign affiliates on every business decision-making board in this country so that we're really focused on bringing in that th those key sources of investment and job creation. Yeah, very good. I'm, I'm sort of thinking, if we think about Finland and the FDI vision at the mm -hmm. era of the Omni Digital, um, are we looking at the little bit of a binary picture of growing university cities and perhaps diminishing countryside with a notable you know, touristy and then investment-rich exceptions. Mm. I would How actually like see? to take this. Hmm. <laughs> this yeah, my favorite, my favorite question. You know, the um, the uh, of course, I mean, it is true and is is proven. You know that in Finland, you know, the uh, there are, I mean, the cities who have universities. Um, you know, it is easier to attract foreign talent, of course, you know, I mean, for these investments, because you have the talent, you have the, uh, you know, the possibility of cooperation and so forth. But there are, there are smaller cities, there are even towns, you know, small municipalities in Finland, you know, that have been extremely successful in attracting foreign investments. And uh, we've had a lot of uh, discussions with the companies and also with the, uh, and I do not know what this is in uh, in English, the Elingeino Johtajat. Um, <laughs> vitality leaders, kind well, of. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the, uh, the yeah. Anyway, you you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> and uh, they have actually they've been helping us to sort of identify, you know, what is behind their success, what is behind you know these these small places that have been able to, you know, attract these investments. And first, you know, is that you have to be very specific about what your city or your your, your municipality has to offer. You know, so these very generic value propositions they really do not work because every single place is going to say the same thing. So you have to be super specific. So mm -hmm. for example, if you want to attract data centers, you know, can you produce sustainable uh, electricity uh, locally for them? Do you have a wind farm? And if you do, that is definitely, you are already going to be on the short list, you know, for, for that company. And, um, so uh, many international companies, they say that, you know, the easiest way to enter Finland is through, you know, uh, acquiring a local startup. And these smaller places, they also have startups. But of course, here, you know, the, having the universities does does help. But any kind of other educational providers, you know, as well are important. But then, you know, this is this is my, my favorite part is that there are examples of cities um, in Finland. Uh, they do not have a vibrant startup, you know, um, ecosystem. They have not, they don't have a university but they have been able to attract some of the largest companies in the world in their field. And what the, what these cities have in common is that they have these uh, very proactive, very business-minded people in charge. And um, and they they basically go out and find those investors. They don't wait, at, you know, with the, with the phone at home. They travel, they go to conferences, they meet these investors, and they build these relationships. And then they bring them to Finland and they, they, they take care of them like they do, you know, like they would be their family. And I've heard of uh, of this Elin Genojohte who actually had these investors in their home, 
for two weeks to make sure that they know what this country is like, what this little place has to offer. And what is the really important point here is that uh, uh, and definitely an advantage to a smaller place is that they can bring all the different stakeholders together around the same table. So you have the local energy providers, city planners, and they are all committed in making sure that the investor is happy and they deliver the services and, and you know, what is needed. But, you know, it really, it is possible. And that's if anybody wants a, yeah. to know the names, you know, they can contact me and I tell them who they are. Wonderful. Uh, that's a powerful example. That's a very, very powerful example. I, one of the things that we also learned um, when Rosa has been working uh, with these leaders is the power also of always picking up the phone. And it's kind of, uh, you, you think about, of course, they're always going to pick up the phone. But the fact is, in some of these bigger cities, what we've seen is, you know, summer vacation hits and there's an investment decision or some information they need and no one's picking up the phone. No one's getting back to these people for four weeks straight. Um, or then, you know, there's a time difference um, and, you know, maybe it's the Sioux-Sloma, the fall holiday for kids and no one's getting back to them again. The amount of sort of potential investors that we've heard of that either they've perhaps been calling the wrong people, I don't know, but, you know, that say, well, in Finland, you know, people can be gone for so long, they don't return my calls. So why not then go to a neighboring country that gets back to me right away? Um, and that always has a plan in place for that. And we know of at least three investments in the last 10 years that went to Sweden or Denmark because they felt that in Finland people were unresponsive and didn't prioritize or didn't care about that investment. And we, you know, that's again based on that mindset. That investment needs to be prioritized because that investment will create jobs, which will get the government closer to its employment goal, will create innovation, you know, prosperity which will ensure that we can continue with this great social welfare system that we've built up uh, without having to cut anything. And so those things need to be prioritized and picking up a call from an investor needs to be prioritized. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of... <laughs> Your point makes me wonder that, you know, do we at times have, a, have, a, have it too well here in Finland that we sort of have a mindset problem you know it's kind of like well you know things will turn out all right because you know we're being at the top of the list at you know nearly everything um no need uh, well, not anymore five years ago i would have said yes um you know but we aren't at the top of of the risk i mean of the list uh i mean recent data from the main competitiveness indicators like the global competitiveness index from the world economic forum the world bank doing business index the imd world competitiveness report shows that finland's overall position yeah while we've improved over the a long period of time we're not in the top 10 with the other Nordics. And in the latest IMD report, which is from this June, Finland's ranking fell for both digital and talent competitiveness. And then in the Kearney FDI Conf Confidence Index, which uh, ranks the markets that are likely to attract the most investment in the next three years, Finland's ranking was number 25 when all three other Nordics were top 10. So we aren't we, we aren't up here like some people still think we are. We were, yeah. but we aren't anymore. And, and so that you know, there is a sense of urgency now. We've got it. We have some ground to make up in this area. Yeah, 
And then again, that's exactly what you've been doing. You know, reading yeah. the reading the FDI vision report, and uh, and uh, dear listeners, <laughs> I sincerely recommend to have a read. Um, there are many different themes tackled. Um, I, I enjoyed quite a bit of that. Uh, you went through some very concrete elements that are not in an ideal spot. Uh, for example, like the legal system providing headaches and the rigid labor system or high taxation and then proceeded to draft a roadmap to the uh, 2030 uh, FDI vision. How was it to to contribute and, and lead the report work? To begin uh, with. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I can say from from my my point of view is that you know I think we had such a strong mandate from the mm -hmm. members that you know it was actually very very easy to to make the decision that this this needs to be done. They they really felt that you know we, we need this vision and we need to be the ones who inspire the government you know they, then to do or their own own vision you know for for the future. And also of course and it was uh, it was interesting to have all these different uh, investors. And some of them are the biggest investors investors in this country, you know, doing this report with us. And also what was very important for us is that we also had the Finnish voice there. So we had, you know, Finnish companies involved because, you know, the uh, this is not about, you know, prioritizing the foreign investments per se. You know, this is about creating the, the, the amazing, attractive um, investment environment for both. And uh, so that it was, it was a good combination of Finnish and uh, and international companies, and then of course it was it was very interesting to to, to do this with somebody uh, Douglas Van Den Berg, who is a global FDI specialist, and you know uh, he's been helping companies like Shell and Philips and so forth, really big blue chip companies, you know, with the investment strategies. He's helping different com you know sort of countries around the world, you know, with the investment uh, sort of policies. So just to have that different kind of perspective, you know, just to have somebody from outside, you know, to look at Finland, what is attractive, what needs to be done. I thought that was that was extremely interesting and valuable to us. Very good. I, Go for it. I, was say, I, I couldn't have said it better myself, but it was it was such an interesting process to hear not only these anecdotes, but do the research that backs it up, the data in there, looking at where, benchmarking Finland globally, looking at where we are and what we're doing. And, you know, it was a strange mix of, of extreme pride because of the amount of positive cases, you know, positive investment experiences as well. It's not, it's not all just, you know, negative news. There's a sense of urgency to improve, but we also heard cases of things going very well. You know, we work with um, Invest in Finland on, uh, that's who our, our partner was for the, the business barometer. And, and there is progress being made, but there is still not that clear mandate that clear vision, you know, an FDI vision, that leadership that's really needed um, at, a, at, a, at the highest levels of our country. Um, and so, it, it, you know, the, working on it for a year when you're, when you are workshopping, you're having these conversations, you're hearing stories, um, you go from high highs to thinking, wow, this is amazing, fantastic. You know, we definitely need more of this to these extreme lows where you feel this sense of disappointment um, that, you know, why we should be doing better. We, we have to do something. And, and, you know, I think working with such a group of dedicated people and, and thinking we need to get this. And from the very start, we wanted it to be an AmCham FDI vision. So 
that's why everyone who worked on it are their AmCham members. Um, but the sense of inspiration that I think we gave each other to then go out and talk with decision makers has been contagious mm-hmm. because everyone we talk to about this in detail and we go over recommendations really wants to work on it, really wants to discuss it and improve things. And for me personally, that is such a sense of satisfaction and joy and hope for the future that, you know, this has been really warmly received mm-hmm. and people want to continue to discuss it. And so, you know, I, I think Rosa phrased it a little better, but just that, you know, if your listeners are, are listening, that sense of joy around com- finding something that might actually work. Um, that might actually do the job it's intended. And so that, you know, in five, seven years, we do see investments go up. And that maybe this government and the government after that looks at it and goes, you know what? Yeah, we do need longer term thinking. We need a plan that will go over several governments. And we can do that. We can work together and set our mind to that. So, yeah, I hope you guys hear it in our voice that we're really passionate about this topic and, and you know, really if you want to talk about these things, we're, we're here for that. <laughs> we really want to talk more about what's, what's going on in this space and how we can make it better. And uh, Sako, just to let you know that, you know, the, the work is not over. So, you know, yes. the, uh, you know, the, the reports, of course, you know, is published. But yeah. uh, what we have established now, we have this, this, we call them FDI impact groups. So now we have members in different, different working groups. And, you know, we concentrate on, for example, environmental and permitting and red tape. We look at innovation and R&D. We look at talent and skills. And uh, then we come up with the uh, or sort of defined, you know, these concrete recommendations to the decision makers. You know, so watch this space. There's more to come. Perfect. That's very good to hear, and 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 very very happy to hear kind of like how it all came about, and uh, and and yeah, very good. Hey, the first step of the roadmap for the or towards the 2030 FDR vision is open mindset. What does it mean, open mindset? About for what? Uh, well, I can I can say first is that you know, it, sort of very simple terms. You know, it means that you know you have a welcoming attitude. You know, towards foreign companies and their professionals, as well as any foreign talent. You know that that comes to Finland, and we believe that is often the lack of understanding of the impact that these companies have, and and you know what their foreign talent has. But nevertheless, you know, it is extremely harmful. You know, for you know of Finland's attractiveness. And, uh, and for example, and you've been talking about this many, many times, that open mindset means that you don't ask for Finnish language when it's not necessary. You, you provide services, you know, in, in English and other, other languages. So, um, and, you know, what we really need is the, uh, the, the sort of greater appreciation for foreign qualifications. And uh, we need to make sure that we have schools, you know, and we have nurseries and, and all the rest. So all this, you know, is, is about open, open mindset. And uh, yeah, so do Alexander have something to to continue? Uh, yeah, I mean, open mindset is about having an open and welcoming mindset yeah. as well, right? So it's not saying no before you've you've thought about why it could be a yes, and it applies to all those things uh, that that Rosa noted, um, but we see on a really practical level 
examples of not uh, not having an open uh, an open mindset. I mean, you know, we talk about talent a lot, Sakul, but one of those ways is you know even the um, immigration process to Finland right now uh, is designed to keep people out and not to welcome talent in. Um, And there are, you know, that's a whole separate conversation, but even just the phrasing um, that they use uh, in the questions uh, about why you're coming to this country kind of make people feel, um, it's it's how you make people feel. It's that Maya Angelou quote, really, is, you know, people, um, they don't remember what you said, they remember how you made them feel. And right now, by and large, Finland is not making foreign investors, foreign talent, international investors, international talent feel great about being here. And we need to have a serious conversation about uh, why that is. And, you know, in that FDI to Finland working group, every single conversation we would have on the hard hitting issues. So, you know, on things like infrastructure and permitting and tax and these, these kinds of fixed things, Every single one of those had an element of mindset. Um, and we really need to focus on, on creating more of a positive customer service oriented brand here so that people feel like, hey, we do want you here. We do want the jobs you create. We do want the innovation that you help launch. You know, we do, we do want, uh, we want, want you here. We want you to feel welcome. And, you know, one of the things, um, an example uh, that had been shared also Uh, in the many discussions that we've had is there are industry boards in this country that make a lot of key decisions. Um, And if you aren't from Finland, you aren't welcome on these boards, for example. doesn't matter if you're a senior executive or even a country manager or a CEO, but it is very hard for you to be there because you just can't get your language up. Uh, to a certain level. So why not welcome bilingualism? Have have the meeting and finish with a translator. Yeah. Um, you know, there's technology for this stuff nowadays. But accommodations aren't being made. So that means that, hey, that person doesn't get to take part. And they never get to be part of, of creating that creating that feeling that, hey, I'm part of society and I'm working together to make things better. They get left on the outside. And we have to stop that. Yeah, exactly. we actually have, you know, some of the companies, they are the biggest or maybe the biggest, you know, the uh, in their field or in their industry in the world. And they are not allowed to go to those uh, or join those um, organizations. You know, I think it's a it's a huge missed opportunity. And uh, and another thing what we've been talking about a lot is that, you know, these uh, if we talk about um, uh, the, the expat leaders in Finland, you know, or sort of uh, executive talent, you know, that they they are not really invited to the Finnish boards that often. And of course, you know, that, that you know, the diversity that is lacking from the boards, you know, affects, you know, the competitiveness of that company, Finland in general. But that would also, you know, be part of that open and welcoming um, uh, sort of mindset, you know, to, to invite these people into these boards. And that would also keep them here, you know, for, for a bit longer. Exactly. But, uh, but also something that I thought we, we could talk about is the, uh, the sort of attitude uh, towards foreign companies, foreign investments, in fin- you know, in Finland in general. So I think it, they, they do have a, quite often a bad image. And that is because of maybe the lack of uh, knowledge and lack of uh, sort of awareness. But uh, quite often, you know, the, if you talk about uh, foreign investments, you know, um, you know it's, it's all about... Um, 
all about you know a foreign big company coming to Finland, buying a Finnish company, taking the uh, the people away, taking the jobs away, and uh, this is uh, this is actually not the case at all. And also the uh, the international companies in many other countries they are regarded as as great employers in Finland. That hasn't been the case. So you know they've been service done. You know that you know the uh, uh, <laughs> that you know they are they are greedy. They pay less you know they do all this and that and every all that you know is it's just it's just not true and you know there've been studies lately or maybe you've seen this uh, Saku as well is that uh, they actually pay better and what happened during the covid is that because they have you know deeper pockets you know they they actually they they uh, they fired a lot less people they they yeah. furloughed a lot less people so the, the the way they added into this resilience of Finland you know in a very hard time is something that i think they should be they give credit for and they did not ask for for funds you know from the government to help them get over this very very good points i couldn't disagree on those (laughs) hey thinking about myself and 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 the work i do and and with regards to what we've been just now talking um in the recruitment industry it's peculiar how much the the more traditional employers even now are super focused on the Finnish language skills, you know, what we just were talking about. Um, and, and then, you know, of course, the startups, they are from the day one pretty much international because, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you, you go for the technology-based um, business and, and, and it's global from day one. And, and then, you know, because we've got such a large public sector in the country, um, it's quite interesting that um, well the public sector being very focused on the on the national languages um, the status quo of preferring local language speakers even though the work could be done in English will remain you know I see that also in the you know for example the software development field where the cons- a lot of the consultancy work is for the the public sector be that municipalities or their um, governmental institutions or such like and and you know there's that requirement to speak Finnish it's it's quite peculiar uh, but then at the same time parts of the tech sector um, large parts startups restaurants construction business they demonstrate the lack of um, employees speaking the native languages don't isn't an issue and and then thinking about the future 20 to 30,000 people arriving in the country you know per, per year and, and to contribute are we expecting them to be masters of of the local languages when they enter the job market how do you well, feel about this well I, I think um, choosing English or English alongside Finnish as a working language doesn't mean that Finnish language disappears you know we've heard from smaller Finnish companies that their Finnish clients or customers wouldn't like having a, a non-Finnish speaker on the team and that's what you're referring to but I think we should normalize learning Finnish on the job yeah. and using English as a working language when required and you know using both simultaneously using two or even three languages uh, 
you know, as Finland has two official languages, Finnish and Swedish, and, and then English on top of that, is, I think, enriching for everyone. And if Finnish is important to the organization, uh, then, you know, I'd like to remind everyone that just because your new employee arrives not speaking Finnish doesn't mean that'll be the case two to three years later. Um, I came back to Finland about a little over three years ago. Um, and, you know, I had some Finnish, but not a lot. But, but like, nyt minä puhun suomea, vaikka mä teen kielivirheitä, se ei haittaa. Että mä voin selittää, jos, jos haluan suomeksi. Like, I can, I can express myself in Finnish, and it's not a problem. And I could not do that. Yeah. And Rosa remembers, I could not do that three and a half years ago. So without a place to be exposed to the language and use it over the coffee Uh, you know, over having a cup of coffee, learning Finnish is almost impossible. But when you are working, you are more motivated, it can be done, the support of colleagues makes it happen for everyone much faster. Um, and I, I just think that that brings such a richness to the country, but also to that particular workplace um, to, to, to be able to do that. And sure, you know, maybe the first six months is a bit strange and hard, But uh, most of the cases that we've seen in action have been really positive. And just um, just the other day, I was at Vario's um, demo day. They had a demo day for Slush. And, and I love how that company makes the language such a non-issue. Because I actually asked them about it ahead of this podcast uh, because they've been hiring international people since day one. And, you know, they don't even think about it as an issue. It's not even something to overcome. It just is a non-issue. And the, the, the employees, they use English, but sometimes they use Finnish. And they use Finnish with the customers that want to use Finnish and English with the customers that are okay with that. And then their, their international teammates, their colleagues, are learning Finnish mm -hmm. as they go. And, yeah, they, they do most of their work in English. But it doesn't mean that there is, Finnish isn't steadily improving to the point where, you know, maybe that person that walked in three years ago and could only do the meeting in English three years later can do it in Finnish. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are these great examples of companies that make it work and they do it effortlessly. And the companies or the organizations that are struggling with it, they should learn from those best practices. They should come, you know, join AmCham and we'll introduce you to those people and help you through it. Uh, you know, that's what organizations like ours and, and many others here in this country are, are for. Hmm. And uh, just to add, to add to that is that, uh, as, as Alexander said, you know, so to learn learn Finnish, you know, of course, the best place to learn is, is, is at work and many foreign talents, you know, they would agree. But I, I would also think that, you know, the companies, you know, they should have to take a bit more responsibility in, in enabling this, you know, the, the employees to learn Finnish. I was just thinking that, you know, why don't these companies, you know, together with the, with the foreign talent, you know, agree on a goal and, you know, put it, put, you know, learning Finnish as one of the KPIs mm -hmm. and then, you know, help, you know, these, these, uh, these foreign talent, you know, to have, give them, you know, two hours per week, three hours per week, you know, to, to study Finnish. And I think, I think that would really work. And then I think uh, something that, Something that we forget, you know, that uh, you've been talking about this many times is that we really do compete, you know, the talent, you know, with 
with many many countries when we talk to the to the leaders of of our uh, members you know they say that they're constantly they're losing talent you know to sweden to yeah. denmark especially when you talk about life sciences you know they lose talent you know cyber talent you know to amsterdam and uh, and you know i have never heard that a company operating in amsterdam you know wants the the talent to speak dutch it just does not happen so if if we continue doing this you know we will definitely lose it and um, and i think that um and actually by the way it's not only the uh, the public sector that that mm. want their programmers to speak finnish i've heard you know stories of finnish companies who want they they uh, programmers to to speak finnish which it doesn't make any sense at all but uh, just sorry just i know just one one thing i need to say is that i was listening to the the head of diversity from nokia and she actually said you know that they made uh, bad english as, as something to be very proud of so is so everybody feels okay to speak english no matter how well you speak english but it just make it you know sort of a fun thing and uh, apparently it has really worked that's great and i and i think you know when we talk about the language issue it's almost always nowadays sort of the accommodations that the Finnish company would have to make to accommodate the international talent. When when you talk about this subject in other countries and with, you know, when I talk about with my co- peers and, and other AmChams uh, around Europe, they always say what a privilege it is <laughs> to get these people into your company and how, you know, the the different interpretations and approaches to things generate creativity and innovation. And instead of everyone approaching something from the same place or same frame of mind, you know, how, how these kinds of these people that come from all over have such different ways of approaching the same problems that they get solved in a much better way. And when sort of that's part of that mindset change that we need to experience that we see these skilled, talented people that are coming here to contribute to our economy as a force for good and, you know, as a positive, as positive contributors. And the only thing we have to do is just speak a little more English with them. You know, it's, I, I, I think the way we frame this also as a country needs to needs to change. Yeah. Um, and also, honestly, I think learning and living alongside people from around the globe helps everyone, but especially young people, avoid stereotyping and helps everyone, you know, form more informed opinions about things because you are getting a better understanding of international issues and the way people view things differently. Um, and we're We're in a more globalized world. We need to be more competitive. So especially for our Finnish students who perhaps haven't been exposed so internationally because Finland is still a very homogenous place to grow up, having international students, um, but just internationals in their in their general sphere, you know, provides these unique opportunities for learning uh, and for um for confronting different interpersonal and different communication styles. And that just better prepares them for the future. You know, I feel great when my kids get exposed to different types of people um, and different approaches to things, because I feel like I'm better preparing them for the future that they will be living in. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if the companies would be looking at 
the level of diversity in, in, in their own organizations as a bit of a risk management issue in the future. If mm -hmm. there is not enough diversity and different types of thinking and different backgrounds, it would be a risk uh, for the company not being able to sort of detect some you know, issues to come, for example. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, there, there are quite a few, um, of course, startups in Finland and slightly bigger companies that they, they want to be bought by a bigger international company. But the fact is that the international companies, they are miles ahead of light years ahead, maybe when it comes to diversity and diversity requirements. So now when they when they buy the Finnish company, they want that company to become diverse. There's no question about it. So that's yeah. something also that I think it should be discussed a bit more in, when in terms of future planning for these companies. Companies. Very good point. But, but Go all of yeah, I was going to say, and all of these things again are going back to the the what's good for Finland because we need more investment, and a key metric, a key driver of investment decisions is talent. Yeah. And you know, and then our our government here in Finland is saying we need more people to support the the quality of life that we all enjoy and we all support. Yeah. Um, So, so it's, it's not just about sort of the diversity equation. It's not just about being welcoming to foreign talent. It's really about what makes strategic sense for everyone's well-being and for our economy and to make sure that Finland stays on top in, 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 or gets back to being on top That's in it. those global rankings. That's it. Um, the, the roadmap is a very interesting read and, uh, and and we shouldn't go through you know uh, all the steps and all the rest of it because you know it's out there you know and i'll provide the link in in you know in the podcast uh, introductory text and and, and, and etc but i'm just curious to to hear about um, your perspective of innovation and um, and startup ecosystem um, the report and actually well you know the step four <laughs> highlights the initiatives um, are scattered a bit and, uh, and 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 launched in isolation um, do do elaborate a little bit sure um, you know they there are many great things happening uh, to generate more activity in the startup world here in Finland and have been for a few years. But as you mentioned, they're scattered and they're isolated and they've been going on for, for quite a while and we're not seeing the same rate of um, or scaling of burst of business as you see in other uh, startup communities. And the majority of Finnish companies are micro enterprises, small business. And what we really need is to help these companies, uh, these startups, go to a scale up, go to a medium sized company, go to a large company. Uh, and right now, um, we're, we're not seeing that Though we're not seeing those developments, and there needs to be more focus um, in this area. And our international companies, they use Finland, um, or, or that's the wrong phrasing. International companies come to Finland to see what type of great technology is out there, what kind of great innovation and thinking um, is out there. And if we're not focusing in on, you know, yes, we're going to do lots of startups in uh, AI, we're going to do lots of growth in robotics, in Industry 4.0, wherever it is, then it's really hard to generate those um, that interest 
and and to be to develop a reputation and a country brand for these things. So we really need to make sure that we're bringing uh, these kinds of growth clusters together more significantly. That we are. Um, enabling, and sometimes this does require changing current policies um, and current infrastructure, uh, enabling those companies to grow at a, you know, a faster clip, uh, make it easier for those leaders to make decisions that will grow those companies. Because what happens when companies grow? More jobs. What happens when there are more jobs? More people employed, which means more tax revenue for the country and more happy people in general. Um, so it's, it's just a win-win uh, in all of those areas. Very good. Um, other steps highlighted in the roadmap, um, you know, they include the rigid labor market system, taxes and incentives, red tape and regulation. And, uh, and I suppose these more or less, you know, link to each other. And, um, well, you know, no, no reason to go into detail, um, but I'm, I'm sort of um, um, interested, interested in your perspective. What are the key elements to fix to make a to make a difference, I'm, I'm you know because I've been reading from the from the main newspapers you know about the stories when you know kind of like from the decision to invest in a country when it comes to kind of like setting up for example a plant or something uh, you know it, you know from the decision to invest and then get the permits and then go through their different um, you know court proceedings kind of like is it allowed to be built and etc. Mm -hmm. you know it can take almost a decade. From the investment decision to actually, yeah. you know, you know, uh, get it running. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you see see these themes? Yeah, the uh, I have to say that the permitting thing is is one of the <laughs> one of the definite bottlenecks that we have in Finland. But not not going, you know, to that, you know, too too deep right now is that. Uh, but of course, it's good to remember that you know the in every country there's something to, that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And of course, you know, the companies, you know, they would, you know, they prefer to have more salary flexibility or lower labor cost, you know, uh, etc. But not everything has to be has to be changed at the same time. It's I think the open mindset, you know, is definitely the most important thing and the second thing you know um, is the is the dialogue between the decision makers and the companies and the businesses and this is something that we've been hearing for years you know that that needs to improve it needs to be more regular and uh, and something that I guess you know maybe again is not being talked about a lot is that we always talk about these greenfield investments you know you know that they are the holy grail of FDI and every mayor wants to cut that ribbon to a new a new R&D uh, center you know sure but but, you know, the, the fact is that depending on the market, um, sometimes even 70% of the investments, they can come from the investors that are already located in the country. Yeah. So, you know, that's why this, this constant dialogue to understand, you know, what these companies are going through, what the challenges are, how you can help them. That really is the key. So agree. The text, the roadmap, and etc. Then the work that you are, um, you know, carrying on. Um, you know, it's it's you know such a great um, initiative. You know, it's you know it's obvious that uh, I I really really have enjoyed reading the report myself. Go out, you know, the dear listeners, go out and and, and check the report uh, for the vision, um, and 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 also just. 
wish all the best for for all this work that you are now uh, carrying on at, at at this time is there before finishing is there anything else that we should highlight at this point I think I'd like to go back to that word long-term vision and yeah. and, and and or words and leadership yeah Um, because that's what all of this really needs. We can go in the weeds about specific concrete uh, recommendations. And, and I think one of the reasons we tried to keep that answer short yeah. earlier is because that's that's really where where a lot of the meat is. But at the end of the day, it's yeah. about having a really strong message and will that FDI, foreign direct investment, that our foreign affiliates, that international investment is yeah. important. And it's about understanding that It, it needs long-term thinking. And there's already an expectation that our decision makers understand that it needs long-term thinking yeah. by the companies. And so we need to actually live up to that expectation. We need to be a country that says, yes, we will have enough talent for you guys to invest your, you know, your high-tech uh research center in in finland we will have enough talent for you we will make it easier to uh receive permits um for you know whatever you're trying to do whether you're trying to or we'll make it easier is the wrong word predictable yeah. and transparent is really what it's about it's not about um not getting the answer You know, maybe the answer to your application is no, but then you should at least know how long it's going to take, uh, what the process is, and uh, how you know why why the no. Uh, make it more transparent, and so it's turned into a long answer. But basically, we really need to be able to see as a country what will we look like in this space in 10 years, in 15 years, and then start aggressively working towards it. Really be focused. One of my former board members um, from Mandatum Life used to say, focus equals power. And we can be a really powerful country um, when it comes to prosperity and well-being if we focus on what drives investment, what drives investment from Finnish companies, what drives investment from international uh, foreign direct investors. So if I read it right, you wouldn't mind at Amcham if the government were to make the next, say, 2035 FDI vision. Uh, we would be thrilled. That's the Mission goal. accomplished. <laughs> That's the goal. I mean, you know, that would be wonderful. Uh, and you know we would support that truly. Mm -hmm. perhaps, perhaps you could be uh, consulting a little bit as well if, if needed. We're happy to be of service. Um, where we're happy to be of service where we're able to be. And I think one of the key elements in designing a vision like that is making sure that there's the voice of international business there. That there are the leaders, the CEOs, and the chairman of um, the large Finnish companies as well as the large international investors and some of the smaller ones as well who could potentially be larger in the coming years. Exactly. So, so thrilled to have had this conversation. Um, many thanks, Alexandra and Rosa, for joining in and taking the time. 
Thanks so much, Sakul. We hope uh, we hope that everyone listening uh, gets their curiosity peaked, or if you're already in this space, finds a reason to reach out to us because we're really serious about moving this country forward in this way. Yeah. Perfect. So, Sakul, thank you for your interest and thank you for inviting us. It was uh, it was great to chat with you. Many thanks.